Hi friends, welcome back to another video slash episode of the James Red Podcast. I am here with a good friend that I met in New York City. Her name is, uh, we'll, we'll refer to her as Kelsey Lee and that she is on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, and so she's, she's a YouTube creator and a bike messenger in New York City. And she shares long form vlogs of her days running around the city, running into friends, carrying on ridiculous jokes, which I find quite entertaining uh, going on rants about things she notices about the world around her. And uh, she's also studied acting, and we will get to that for sure, because I think that's a very interesting part of her. Uh, but her videos are very personality-driven, and I wanted to talk about her rather unique lifestyle and how she creates on a daily basis amidst all of that. I will link below to her thing. She's a very interesting creator. But hey, Kelsey, how's it going? Hi, it's going well. It's going really well. Yeah. I was just thinking I do rant a lot, don't I? I do. I do rant. So don't let me rant. <laughs> there, no, no, no. That's uh, I want this conversation to be a lot of ranting. Okay. This is your time to rant. <laughs> cool. Freeform cool. rant. Freeform rant. Uh, How has your day been? Hot. It's hot. Like, so hot. Well, the past week has just been hot. It's good. It's it's good. Good, good, good. You're so you're in New York City, so you get very yeah. humid, hot, as well. Good Muggy times. and just like heavy, can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got back from South Carolina, where I grew up, and I don't know if it's more humid there. It probably is, but it's definitely very hot. And I had not sweated so much in a very long time here Mm -hmm. living here in utah i did sweat today though i went out on my board and i worked up a little sweat and i was like oh i can still do it it's great (laughs) so um but uh uh let's see so i want to talk a little bit by the way where can people find you if they want to oh um on youtube with my channel kelsey lee and on instagram um my instagram is uh kelso paradiso which is just a play on uh Cinema Paradiso, you know, mm-hmm. the film, which we were just talking about films earlier, is one of my favorites. Um, and Twitter, one, I probably spend way too much time on Twitter, actually, because I don't, I don't use Facebook. So those are the three that I use. And yeah, I just really get sucked into Twitter a lot. So it's like easy to catch me on there. <laughs> um, yeah, it just everyone has something so interesting to say on Twitter. So mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time on there. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Um, and like I said, I'll link below to your things. But uh, I'm curious, how would you describe your creative pursuits on a daily basis? On a daily basis, um, I just want to sort of like imbue the things that I do with what I'm passionate about and what I love. And I want to find a way for all the things that I do to like represent the like the different facets of what I'm after. So like, like, uh, like, you know, I, I can't ride a bike without a sense of like art, you know, and I can't ride, I can't like, uh, go after something artistic with, without, um, being influenced by like the, the, the sense of riding a bike, if that makes sense, the, mm-hmm. the freedom, the movement, the style, you know, so. So you're, you're just inspired by the act of riding your bike. Yeah. 
yeah i mean there's so many things that it brings like it just everyone everyone should ride a bike at least once in their lives you know just to really get that like the the mechan the, the the way that something mechanical can like give a person just like autonomy and movement and sounding movement yeah it's just beautiful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so, yeah. And so, and I, I do want to get more into talking about uh, your love for bikes and being a bike messenger and all of this um, more so. But first off, I wanted to sort of dig into your YouTube channel a little bit mm-hmm. and how you bring those things together. And your vlogs are quite interesting. I do want to go on a quick side note, though. This is completely random, but <laughs> just in case. I, so I got a, I got a nosebleed earlier. And I don't, I never get nosebleeds, but if all of a sudden you see blood running down my nose, that's what it is. It's probably okay. But if I pass out, call 911. <laughs> okay. Or I'll, maybe, maybe call Christy. You know. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, well, it depends on how bad it is, what my body's doing, you know, just. Okay. Okay. Play, we'll play it by ear. Anyway. So, <laughs> or by play it by nose. <laughs> play it by nose. Yes. Uh, so one of the things. I think the shining. Wait, did, you, did you fall off your board and you got a nosebleed, or was no, it no, no? I think I scratched my nose. Oh, okay. I guess okay. I should have explained that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where did it come from? <laughs> <laughs> my kidneys are exploding, so that's, that's what's going on. Um, so I want. So yes, YouTube channel. What you do is interesting because your videos are sort of you let them intentionally. I, I think intentionally be longer and yeah. have a flowing quality to them. And um, I think they're the, the shining part of your videos is your personality. I think a lot of people who create vlog type videos, they have a personality, but they lean more on editing. You, mm-hmm. your, your videos lean on your personality. It's, it's, it's literally the most interesting part about what you create. And I would describe your personality as a very pleasant personality, personality. And it's, uh, it's contagious, which you hear a lot, but it's like, I, when I watch your videos, there's, there are things about you that I'm like, Oh, I could, I, I, I want to have a little bit more of that in my life. So take that how you may, but, um, I, you're, so you're positive, but you're not like positive in the way that a lot of people are positive where <laughs> it, you, when you look into their eyes, you're like, is something wrong? Like, <laughs> like you know, some people are just overly positive to mask some mm. emotional instability in their life. Yeah. But you, I think along with positivity, you have to have a groundedness to you. And I think you, yeah. you have that. Um, but. Well, that's actually something I got into a lot in acting school mm-hmm. like the concept of positivity not as something it's something that's like two-sided and it does like positivity doesn't necessarily mean like happy as opposed to sad or like cheerful as opposed to you know it's it just means like a positive just means something moving forward so you can still be like positive in in the face of like frustration or positive in the face of sadness or you know it's Mm -hmm. it's about being objective and about your frame of mind and your attitude as opposed to just like everything is sunshine and rainbows (laughs) yeah it's a like i would describe it as an attitude towards adversity in your life yeah that you have to adopt yeah 
so fighting yeah yeah so you so you've gotten some of this from uh from acting and and studying that but where do you think you get your pleasantness from (laughs) and how have you worked to develop that over time uh well i am canadian i mean that's there is that (laughs) people usually usually attributed to that i think i just i was i was raised um like in nature in in the woods i spent a lot of time around animals um I just grew up being like a really patient person, I think, Mm. and which has served me well in some ways in life, but also awfully (laughs) in some ways in life, you know, as it goes. Um, But yeah, I think, I mean, I I have like a very wonderful set of parents and I don't know. I think I, I just always like, Ever since I was young, I, I mean, I never really fit in, in terms of like, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the little cliques and things at school. I was just sort of the, the floater, you know, like got along with everybody and had so many different interests. And I think that it was sort of like, I always knew like, okay, I'm going to have to be, I'm going to have to have a positive attitude, like in my life. I think just being very young, I just knew that like, I'm, you know things might be difficult or I might always not feel like I fit in or I might feel different. But because of that, I'm going to always have to approach things with, with like, yeah, just a easygoing attitude. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you try to insert that into your videos a little bit? Yeah, I I think so. But I also, I want people to um, watch something that's like uplifting and makes them might make them think or might entertain them or but at least come come away coming away like you should watch a vlog feeling like you're hanging out with a friend you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of something i like to get across and just i don't know i always i guess i always have been a bit of a caretaker so i always want people if i'm in someone's company i want them to feel good Mm -hmm. like i want them them to feel like in good spirits Mm -hmm. so i try to be the one that brings that about even if it's not there Yes, <laughs> I think you have a sort of a more traditional take on vlogging, which I enjoy. Yeah. It's a very good thing, which is like nowadays what vlogging has slowly morphed into is these insane edits and being like mm-hmm. transitions, <laughs> crazy stuff happening, people putting motion graphics in, and yours is, is just sort of a, it feels like a, a journal of your day. Yeah. Well, that's what I always want it to be because that's what a vlog is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it gets to a point, like the point of watching a vlog is to watch just like a normal old person live their life. Like that's- particularly an old person. Like elderly, those are all of that's what fills my I, subscriptions. I would like to watch those vlogs. Actually, are there any like old vloggers? I'm sure know. there are. Anyway. Yeah, there's so must... they they must have so much wisdom to share. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a lot of old like vegans. All right, here's the deal. You need to. We need to keep our message thread going on Instagram. <laughs> and when you find an elderly vlogger that I need to see, you let me know, okay. and vice versa. Right. Okay. Great. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I always wanted it to be that way because I think so, a lot of people start off that way, but then they sort of develop to like where their life becomes the vlog. And then the things you're watching in the vlog are 
directly impacted by the vlog and exist because of the vlog. And then it's just this sort of like this, like, I don't know, spinning vortex of vlog, vlogginess. And, <laughs> and you're not seeing as much just like the, the everyday realities of life, which is why you watch, why you watch someone else. Like it's why you, you study other people. It's why you like, just to get a sense of what makes them tick and, watching them make certain decisions as opposed to this decision and like that's where it came from mm -hmm. and I also it's really important for me to um like I you know I went to acting school I I want to I, I want to be a director I want to do films like I want to you know I want to create a, a lot of like quality content but I I like to hone those skills for that as opposed like I wouldn't want to make a film someday and have it look like a vlog because I or like feel like a vlog the what you know because I spent so much time like editing for vlogs and like editing 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 crazy stuff for a vlog style edit so that when it came to actually work on something like narrative it just is edited like a vlog <laughs> okay so you, so you want it to be edited I like a vlog it. I want awesome. it to be like I want it to be separate like I want it to be like I want my editing skills to be like narrative based, you know, and, and cinematic based and not, you know, but I guess, but some people are really good at, at, at having the two mixed. And then when they do their own content, their own feature content, it, it, you know, they have their own style. It's just personally, I just like the stripped down kind of feel. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. I've, I always try to keep my edits as, uh, only as complex as they need to be because I think yeah. that when I think that you see a lot of um, gimmicky things that aren't mm -hmm. that don't age well happening in vlogs right now mm -hmm. it's from an editing per I mean and I've, I've right. been editing like I would say if I'm an expert at anything it's like I guess playing the drums and editing videos and maybe taking photos I guess too but um there, there are like a couple of things that I'm good at and the rest of the things I'm horrible at. But, uh, so, but with editing, what I have observed is that the stuff that feels like the stuff that feels like it, it stands the test of time and is truly the most interesting stuff is the stuff that is edited pretty simply. They, there are tricks mm -hmm. that are used if they need to be used, but Right. It it just feels nice and it's flowing and there's not too much uh, um, cr uh, energy for the sake of energy going on. It all has a purpose. Right. 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 So whatever serves whatever story you're trying to tell, like the best choice. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I want to shift from editing to when you're actually filming these things, because one of the things I admire about you is your ability to at least seemingly turn on a camera and just talk and and connect ideas together in a way that feels flowing and authentic and I don't know if I'm curious if you feel that way when you're filming it I do um I think I've always needed like an outlet for my thoughts so I used to journal like crazy and so it's kind of just like a rambling um journal like oral journal really I just sort of I really just focus on what what I want to get across and sometimes I focus like on it too much because then all of a sudden I have 10 minutes of me talking and rambling <laughs> but if if you're if you're passionate about wanting to convey something you really don't have to work hard at it you just 
talk. It's you seem like you allow yourself to let that to let it flow. And I think that as I say this, I think for some people it's a it's a very simple thing. So they may hear this and go, "Well, of course, you're just talking." But for for uh people who will overthink it, that is that can be a very foreign concept. This idea of yeah. just turning on the camera and talking and being able to articulate your words the way that you want them, in a in a way that's yeah. conversational. I like it's it it's there are two different sets of people in that world, and I I go into both sides. I can I can very easily go into both sides. I lean more towards overthinking what I'm saying, and so that's why I admire your ability to to you know have these longer uncut clips of you sharing an idea in a way that just feels like you said, like you're talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, that. I think it also comes from acting school as well. I think like you get a certain, like a, a good grasp on what, how you're coming across. And like a lot of, a lot of acting school, especially with film teachers, like, cause you come from the stage where everything is like pretty, like there's a, there's like a gravitas to it, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get into film, you really have to like, so the direction is usually like, just talk, just talk, mm-hmm. just, just talk, you know, instead mm-hmm. of like, like, hello, how are you today? <laughs> you know, like, right, right. <laughs> which is like, it's easy to do that and not realize you're doing it. Did you did? Uh, so did you do um, performances on stage and this sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you feel like going from the stage to here is sort of like a step into more comfort or is that is that completely different or how does that play out for you definitely oh yeah I think more comfort well there's also like the 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 concept of like permanence so it's like okay what I'm recording is going to be the thing and that's the thing I'm going to use and that's going to be on the internet and that's you know like a lot of times I'll put a put a video and never want to see it again like you know, because it's mm-hmm. like that specific time. Because we do a theater performance, it's just for that audience, those specific people, and that specific moment in time, and it just exists in their minds ever after, and that's it. But, yeah, <laughs> but people internet, would get hung up on the fact that they're talking to five hundred people in I mean, person. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of just have to forget. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so yeah, so this is a thing that I think is really interesting about people who do things on stage and I think I I love I love this part of the art form and I think that anybody can be served no matter what you do anybody can be served to do to to do some sort of public speaking acting go go sign up for a play at your local college or whatever go Mm -hmm. do something on stage in front of people because you learn what it's like to not have a safety net and to yeah. improvise when things go sideways. And that is a that is a wonderful tool to have as a person. Seriously. Uh, yeah, just problem solving in general for anything in your life. Like anything if you have goals, that means you will encounter problems. And knowing how to navigate them is like a crucial skill because I I feel like even it, it's kind of a measure throughout your life of like, okay, how good are my problem solving skills? Even emotionally, as you navigate relationships or like just creatively, physically, it's like, it comes down to everything. It's like very, very basic. And yeah, you have to, it, it again, it just comes back to your attitude. Yeah. Like yeah. the, I just did my first little short film 
and oh man like i mean i knew i knew that this happens going into it but just like problems come up hmm. things come up trying to get the shot you can't get the shot like you have you know you have yeah, to figure yeah, it out yeah. on the spot what are you gonna do mm -hmm, and because mm -hmm. you have to figure it out you can't just give up like mm -hmm. the option like the giving up is never there mm -hmm. you know although it is a little more lax like okay when you're on stage and things go wrong you just got to figure it out you gotta make it work but sometimes like in a vlog there are no rules you know like you're you whatever works is whatever works so there's a Vloggers definitely, there's a lot of tricks, like a lot of, it's, it's funny, like when you get to know someone and then you know, like say you spend a day with them and then you see the vlog after or, or they tell you about how that day went based on how the vlog looks. And there's so many different ways to, you know, mask and conceal and switch around wow. and based on, cause it, it doesn't really matter. It's like, oh, I didn't get the shot or that didn't, that part didn't work out, but doesn't matter because I'm filming a vlog, so I'll just go film something else. Or yeah, like I'll just yeah. switch directions, or so it does give you a lot of creative freedom and a lot of like ease. But you know, well, it just what, depends on what what you get from shooting a vlog is you have a you have a a freedom to sort of play in a landscape of yeah of yeah, uh, endless like, creation, and it's yeah. and where on stage you are sort of you're there it's happening and you have to figure it out and exactly one of the another it's like a puzzle it's like you yeah. have your puzzle you can only use those puzzle pieces that you have like right, you can right, only right. it has to be that puzzle mm -hmm. but like when you're doing a vlog or whatever it's like it's like you just have like a million different paint cans and you can just throw them on you're, you're painting a mural and you you yeah. have to decide what to do on this giant wall in the middle of new york yeah. city right <laughs> yeah <laughs> What, so one more thing I think you get from for, from wow from performing, and I haven't had too much uh, experience on stage in front of people talking. I was in a play once and I had one line and it was the first line, and it was in Annie Get Your Gun and I had to run out and see I had to run out and yell Indians, so that was fun. <laughs> but uh, but I haven't had too much time uh, speaking speaking in front of people, but. I did grow up as a musician. I spent an enormous amount of time on stage playing drums. And so I think you get a version of that there. And I think yeah, what definitely. I took away, what I take away from that, and what you probably have taken away from that is just a comfortability in a landscape of chaos. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's a really tough thing. And I find myself oh, yeah. having to access that. And I find myself craving to be able to access that more and I actually find myself wanting to f put myself in positions where I don't have safety nets. Oh, you would love riding a bike in New York City then. Oh, great. <laughs> that's a, that's like the whole gig right there. I'm, I'm not talking about getting hit by a taxi and your leg flying off. <laughs> no, but I mean being comfortable in chaos. It's like it's just a constant yeah. sea of chaos out there. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. Like not a trickle, not a little river. It's like it's like waves crashing against the rocks. Right, all right. Day. High tides. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you this: uh, when you're riding out there, well, how many horrible accidents have you gotten in? How many times have you run into, you know, collided with vehicles or buildings or children or uh, woodland <laughs> creatures, whatever's out there? <laughs> um. Little little garden gnomes of New mm -hmm. York. Um, Plenty of those. I okay. Well, the thing is, like, I okay. 
since I um, met more people that are into action sports and skateboarding and things like that, like I would, it, it's so funny. I would consider like, if you consider like a crash on your bike or, or whatever, like they do that, they basically do what the, my recollection of like, oh, crash on my bike. They do that like 40 times a day. Over, yeah, <laughs> intentionally, yeah. yes. Like, oh yeah, yeah, on purpose. Yeah, no, my, my uh, our friend and, John yeah, Hill. Having that in like retrospect. Mm-hmm. Our friend uh, John Hill, I'm sure Brett, our other friend, mm-hmm. would describe uh, this the same way he described it as being in like a boxing match and you're trying to you're trying to figure things out but you're just getting punched in the face over and over <laughs> like you're trying to do a trick but you keep <laughs> falling and you your body keeps hitting the pavement over yeah. and over and so that's why you see these skateboarders throw their skateboard across the county and break it in half is because they're <laughs> it elicits a response you get punched in the face 50 times you're gonna throw something seriously yeah like thick skin man thick skin so yeah i would say so have you ever been hit by a bus oh god no and i don't ever want to be hit by a bus because that's no um but i would say that like yeah like I, I i was doored um which if no one knows what that is like when you're going you're going you're in your little lane and someone just swings their car door open without even looking and then you accidentally go in a taxi and then you have to pay the fare yeah yeah okay (laughs) um so yeah that can and it's actually really dangerous like it can you can definitely kill someone just from opening your door um Mm -hmm. it's like really it's supposed to be illegal but there's a lot of problems in new york with the, the police like not charging people properly because it's illegal but anyway um yeah i would say the worst one was actually from another cyclist i would i would say basically it's like lasting damage you know so another cyclist actually hit me from behind on the west side highway which is like supposed to be a very safe like bike lane and i don't know what he was doing he was like thinking maybe thinking of passing me but wasn't like if you're going to pass me on the West Side Highway, you better be moving, you know, like mm-hmm. able to clear me in like a second. But uh, yeah, he I guess he was just way too close to me. And I <sighs> I started to like turn to exit off the highway. And I had no idea. he Like no idea he was there. And I don't know, maybe his brakes didn't work. I don't even know, because I'm thinking putting myself in his position, like, like I would have been able to avoid that if someone if I'm beside someone and they, you know, it's like a very easy thing to avoid but yeah he just careened right into the back of me and i like did the the scorpion like flipped over we both kind of tumbled in the air flipped over and yeah at the time i was riding a steel bike a very heavy steel bike so the top tube actually like kind of got like my leg kind of got wrapped into the frame and so the top tube landed like either i landed on the top tube or it landed on me um but it, it it just resulted in this like slight dent in my thigh, which I hate. <laughs> and it, like it was a huge bruise and it healed fine. Like, but then there was this little dent left, and it actually makes me look like one of my quads is like more superhuman than the other. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone's like, oh, I can't see it, I can't see it. But for some reason, like I always just see it, and like. It drives me crazy, but yeah, that's probably the worst. Wow. So no, did anybody have to go to the hospital after this? <laughs> I mean, no. Like, I, he, like, left 
my bike was all messed up. His was fine. He just like rode away. Like I'm, I sometimes the shock, you know, like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, and I was, I had jobs on me. I was working. So I was like concerned about that and talking to my boss and whatever. And like, so yeah, someone came to get me. Um, but you know, I, I don't do hospital bills like that. Cause, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is America. So you're, <laughs> you're, you're like, you're like my wife. She's not going to go to the hospital unless her leg is like hanging off <laughs> yeah. by skin. Yeah. Like almost severed. Yeah. She's like, no, nah, that's fine. We got, we got gorilla tape. That's yeah. That'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, you were talking about a short film. What What's that short film about? So it's a short film about female bike messengers in New York City. Mm. And um, it's sort of, it started out as like a mini documentary, but then I realized that that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. And I had kind of a different way of saying what I wanted to say. And I wanted it to be a little more stylized. So I guess it would be like a stylized short, but it's not necessarily like a narrative. Mm-hmm. It's like a stylized documentary of sorts. Um, what was the... Which I'm, I'm really happy with the way it came out. Um, and the premise is just kind of like uh, just a look into how significantly different a female bike messenger's day is from a male's day, just based on the fact that she's a woman and the things that she hears and things that people people, how people regard her or like acknowledge her, you know, those... Mm-hmm. Things that I like less than five percent of messengers in New York City are female. So some people never see a female bike messenger ever. Like the first time that they're seeing one is like when they're seeing me. So it's like you get we kind of get looked at like we're in a zoo for some mm. reason. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just exploring that concept and also just giving a chance for them to shine because um, just like cycling and messengers, like urban cycling culture, is it very heavy male dominated? so um yeah it was like a little it was like hey we can shred too so cool uh, do, you, do you think it's male dominated because women choose that less i think um god it's so it's such a heavy i i would say yes um I mean, for me, it w- wasn't, I don't know. I, I grew up like on a farm, you know, doing mm. physical labor. So that it was just easy for me. I just picked it up easily. Um, it makes sense for me to do hard work for money, you know, physical yeah, work. Physical work, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's just, I, I, I think we grow up in this kind of sheltered, a lot of women grow up in like a sheltered kind of world where, you know, you have to present yourself a certain way and expect to be treated a certain way and you know what you're capable of what you're not capable of it's kind of all like explained to us Mm. when we're when we're very young you know so Mm. I think that I I think that maybe it's just uh they just don't really think about it you know they're kind of just like nudged into this stream of like okay I'm gonna go work in a nice office i'm gonna wear pretty dresses i'm gonna you know i want to look a certain way that those sort of things are we're told that that's important um mm. but as a messenger you kind of like i can't be worried about my appearance or like mm. like mm. i'm like a smelly and sweaty all day mm. <laughs> it's like mm. you know i can't wear a nice sundress like mm. you know 
Yeah, um, and I, I do wonder, and I, I, uh, I spend a lot of time learning about uh, culture and society and how mm-hmm. uh, people, the things that people believe about uh, women and culture, men and culture and politics and all this stuff. Um, and so uh, I'm just curious because I think that there, I think some of it is that a lot of women just genuinely aren't necessarily interested in doing a very physical job and that's mm-hmm. perfectly okay. Yeah, um, it's fine. Right. Like there, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with a woman not wanting to work on an oil rig and she shouldn't, she culture should not tell her that she has to do that. It should tell her that if she wants to, she absolutely can and we support it, but shouldn't tell her that she has to do that. Uh, but I also, I, I'm curious from your perspective, this is where I can't, uh, I haven't spent enough time learning what it's like from, from your perspective as a girl what the the feelings are around doing something like being a bike messenger and what you sort of have to overcome like as a woman what you have to overcome yeah like or what 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 why it feels or if it feels weird and why it feels weird um i think um well yeah i would say that like for for women like success in the workplace is also like heavily misogynized so it's sort of like how successful you're going to be in your position. Like even from me, just like working in as a waitress or as a bartender, like, you know, if I wanted to succeed, it's like I had to embody a very like feminine quality mm-hmm. and had to present myself a certain way and had to like appeal, appease the men that were, that I was working with and you know, that, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, so it's like, right away that has no bearing on whether or not I'll be good at my job or not because I have to be fast I have to be efficient I have to be smart so I kind of enjoy it you know like well I do enjoy it obviously I love it but like Mm. it it is good to know that uh I'm my like my where I find value in my work is based on my performance and my my work ethic and my Mm. discipline and it's not based on me having to live up to a certain like, you know, male standard of, of what should be acting, coming across, you know, I don't even have to be nice. Like, I don't, I don't have to walk into the messenger center of like, you know, 390 Park and be like, hi, you know, like, I'm just like, yo, I got this package. Like, <laughs> can I get a signature? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in a rush, you know, like, and I. And I find myself in the situations where I have to be a little more like uh, assertive and that kind of thing. And yeah, I, I quite like it actually. I really, I really like it for that reason because I feel, um, you know, not to, not to do with like the reception like I was talking about in the film, or where I explore like other people's perception of a messenger, but just in my personal value and like because you know when I when I used to do bartending and whatever, it was like okay, I went home with like a couple hundred cash. But I feel I felt like a subservient, like I don't know, peasant woman. (laughs) (laughs) Just yeah. So like, what's what's the cost? You know, Mm. was that not was that because you were working in a job where you were you were a server, or is it what what about that made you feel subservient? Um. Yeah. I mean, just 
like serve it's mostly as a bartender really because you're people go if the bartender is a woman like there's a certain type of clientele Mm -hmm. that gathers you know Mm -hmm. and you're making your tips based off based off your whole thing your whole entity (laughs) yeah i i can imagine a bartender is a pretty weird spot for can be a pretty weird spot for a woman yeah i mean it's good it's great money Mm -hmm. but i you know like you know i i i chose it's definitely not as good money being a bike messenger but i choose it i would choose it over and over again yeah no like it's a bet it's better money as a bartender oh it's oh oh it's better money as a bartender for sure oh sure well what are you doing then well because (laughs) it's it's, uh no it's it i was so unhappy yeah no i totally understand wanted to pull my eyes out with the with the little like cleaner that you clean the bar with but (laughs) yeah no it's i i think that uh, well, it depends on the type of person you are. I think some people can tolerate it more, but I'm a mm-hmm. person who I have no idea how to tolerate something that I'm not happy yeah. with. If I'm there yeah. for five days and I realize I'm not happy, it's it it, it tears me apart. Seriously. And uh, my first job was working at a production company, and I was editing videos for uh, like commercials and this sort of thing, and they were talking about making me full time and monetarily and on paper, it was the thing that I should have done. It made the most sense. Mm -hmm. But I, around that time I was basically, I was getting to the place where I was like, this is a nightmare because I didn't like editing for clients who had too much creative control. Just put it that way. Right. And, uh, and they, they were allowed to have that control and I couldn't do anything about it because it wasn't my company. Right. So I, I realized at that point that edit, I, I had this thought in my head and I still have this thought in my head that I would rather, I would rather work at Starbucks, which I did, than edit videos that I, I fundamentally was unhappy editing Mm -hmm. because that's easier. It's literally less emotional commitment. (laughs) It's less money, but it's less emotional commitment and I can use that as a me as a uh, 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 what was the word? Not a landing strip, but a airstrip <laughs> to to launch into my next thing. Mm-hmm. That's the idea, right? So I to- I totally understand. I totally I I would go the same direction. Um, money to me means very very little in the big scheme of things. Yeah, I yeah, it's just about value, like. And it's also it's like we have. We have not that many years on this earth as people, and you can spend time with older people and maybe people in our families, this and that. You spend enough time with them, you realize what happens when you stay in a job that you hate because you felt like you had to stay there and that you didn't you didn't sort of grind it out to get yourself to a place where you're happier. Mm-hmm. You got comfortable, right? Yeah, and you start like living for it's like you have a double life, right? It's like oh, I have to get through the Monday through Fridays and then have the weekend or whatever. But I'm like, I'm like really excited for the week. Mm. <laughs> like on the weekends, I'm like, okay, I gotta like figure out what to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's when so you're I'm in a good spot. Like, yeah, I don't just, so I don't just sit around all day. Like I have to, like I have to plan things out. But on, I'm on the week during the week, I'm really content. Like 
It's like really content to wake up and go to work, you know? Oh, that's good stuff. So many people, I think, never make it to that point. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Um, so I'm curious on a creative basis and on a, uh, from the perspective of creating YouTube videos and being a bike messenger and all the creative stuff that you're up to on a daily basis, what are some struggles you face in developing yourself? Um, I think just sort of figuring out where I'm going to go because ultimately like I do want to, like I want to establish a career for myself. Like I would love to find work in acting and filmmaking and more creative work, but um, so that's your end goal. It's so, it's sort of like what happens to the vlog, you know, like, cause if, if I'm, people watch me because they like the bike messenger stuff, but if I'm not a bike messenger, then it doesn't really work, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess I, I just enjoy it for now and see where it takes me, I guess. And I just always want to be expressing myself authentically throughout the way, whatever I'm doing. And yeah, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, I have these ambitions, but I do really love my job. I guess I'm just grateful that I enjoy what I'm doing on the way. So it doesn't give me as much, pressure to be like oh I, I have to have to get this audition or I have to make this thing I have to look but it's like well I just you know I'll just keep chipping away at it <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's fantastic yeah well yeah. And I think the good thing is that if you develop to a place where your audience is watching you more for acting uh then the that's only going to be I think as interesting if not a more interesting facet of you than what you're already doing as a bike mm -hmm. messenger i don't know i guess you're not you're not trying to become uh I, what's i guess a beekeeper no, a beekeeper would be pretty interesting right i don't know a beekeeper yeah something that's not as interesting oh, as trying yeah. to be an actor i mean that would be kind of interesting I, I actually just watched a short documentary called the beekeeper oh <laughs> and it was like so boring and tedious and mundane that it was fascinating oh, okay you know? Like, but anyway, that's a whole different it's Just thing. a guy walking around spraying bees with that stuff. Yeah. To, like, well, make him calm down. Yeah, he was incredibly old. Like, <laughs> old. Yeah. So, like, it'd just be these very long, sustained shots of, of him, like, trying to scoop honey. But it was, like, his hands were so shaky. And it was just incredible. Wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of drama there. It's like, will he, will he yeah. drop it, you know? Yeah. Okay. That's... <laughs> Well, that's, that is an alternate route for sure. Uh, uh, so, so, okay. I want to, uh, I want to, I mean, I am vegan, so I'd probably want to like be a bee saver instead of a beekeeper, oh, like, yeah. a, a, like a bee freedom fighter, but you could be you a know. bee freedom fighter. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. You could like have a cape. You could have your bike. Not too long oh. that it gets caught in the wheel, I suppose, but you yeah, have a cape, yeah. you have yeah. a bike. And what you, you have a samurai sword and you're trying to, I don't know who the enemy of the bee is. All humans? You probably shouldn't <laughs> kill much. all humans. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. So you so have to think of, out who your villain is. Like uh, against the world, really. Yeah, yeah. right. Monsanto? <laughs> okay. Or, and, 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 you know, maybe you can come up with a villain that's like, I am, I am the bee uh, destroyer, the bees killed my family and right, right, right. Just really fight. has it out for bees. Yeah. And then you can tie it all together with the bike and with the yeah. YouTube. And I, I think we're onto something good here. You were mentioning that you were uh, vegan. Why did you decide to do that? 
I went vegan because why did I decide to do that? Well, I, I, I mean, I always wanted to be vegetarian, like ever since I was a kid, because I grew up on a farm and it just, like, I'm such a sensitive person. So I always was like, oh, why are we eating them? It doesn't make any sense, you know, but you know, where I'm from, it's pretty conservative, traditional. So it was like, just, you know, just choke it down. <laughs> Don't feel it. Just like, be a little like you need a tougher heart you know mm. so mm. yeah i uh but i carried that i always carried that sensitivity with me always and sometimes i hate it but sometimes i like it because it it uh, employs me to like make choices such as that that are really good for me going vegan um yeah so i was vegetarian for the longest time like one old um i was vegetarian and then i think it it was, it was probably like YouTube, actually. I was watching YouTube videos about vegans. Oh, no. I watched a document. I was watching documentaries on Netflix about food, just food in general. And I was like, oh, my God, the scenes with the like the the cows and like, just like all the factory farming in this. So I started looking into it more. And then, yeah, like a bunch of you. There was like this golden age of YouTube vegans. I don't know if you know, like oh, into that at all. I'm yeah, really was, sad. Like, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like all of a sudden like just vegans on youtube just blew up and do you think it corresponded with a lot of documentaries coming out i think so yeah. i think so and it also was just because just social media in general was just connecting a lot of people mm-hmm. and uh yeah it just and it was also at a, a stage where like young women were getting a lot of because of social media social media like a lot of mixed messages on what they should look like how they should be with you know and then a lot of young I think it was really young women that kind of pushed it forward because then all of a sudden there are these social media figures saying like don't starve yourself um you know eat as much as you want but just like eat plants and you might feel great (laughs) and like don't you don't need a diet so then it was like these like role models vegan role models started to pop up Mm -hmm. um but yeah, and then uh, yeah, it just—it was just something that made sense. It just became very easy. I never had like a—I I always really enjoyed vegetables and fruits, and I was like, oh, I can just eat all, all those all the time instead of like having to make room for something else on my plate, and then those, and I could just eat that. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. I'll just so I'll just it comes from that. a place of you just really enjoying uh, vegetables. Yeah, and and just not having a problem. Like I don't need meat. I don't need mm-hmm. you know. I don't feel the need that and also i feel like i was like having health problems that i honestly feel like they stem completely from just like over consumption of dairy and this like Mm -hmm. everything cleared up as soon as i dropped a ditch like dairy and everything Mm -hmm. and i was like i just felt that's why i got a bike because i was like i feel like a warrior like what am i gonna do with myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. because i just felt so much energy and vitality and i was like all right i'm gonna ride a bike now and i've i've been i've tried to learn a little bit about nutrition lately and about veganism and i do know that what seems to be very true is that when what we do as Americans is we like to eat a lot of sugar and a lot of carbs and these things that cause inflammation on our bodies and inflammation causes cancer and all sorts of horrible things. So it's like, I think we just live in this, this sort of comfortable world thinking everything's okay. Meanwhile, we're, we're slowly poisoning ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so I think it's like, there's a it's really good to get all that crap out of your diet i'm sure that's some of what you felt uh, i 
do you, I've also heard that as a vegan, one of the struggles that you can have is not getting enough nutrients that you need. So how do you, how do you compensate for that? Like over, never... over, over time, I mean, because uh, it's like the idea is that you'll feel really good at the beginning, but over time, over years, you'll start to not get the nutrients that you need. I mean, I've been vegan for three years now and I never felt that I was lacking in anything or like didn't have energy because I just always eat enough mm-hmm. and eat enough of the right things. Like there's literally nothing you need in your diet that you can't get from plants like you just you know maybe a b12 shot will help you because they put b12 into like like animal products you know they shoot them with b12 and stuff Mm -hmm. so that's like the only b12 is really the only supplement you got to think about but otherwise like there's nothing that i'm lacking in like i like my blood blood test was like way better after i went vegan Mm -hmm. than after being vegan for like two years i think yeah then when i had than when I was consuming animal products. So it's really, you just have to like eat enough, like eat lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, um, beans, tofu. Um, like, you know, every once in a while I'll take like a scoop of it just cause like, if you know, you're on the go in New York city and whatever. And sometimes you eat like crap. Let's see. Uh, no, when I came there, I ate pretty well. I, I yeah. think, but, but well, the problem is, well, the problem is, to your point, is I spent a crap ton of money. We spent so right. much money. We were there for right. like three days. Dude, yeah. Food is like so expensive. But yeah. I have this like concentrated greens powder, like, you know, just like a nutritional powder. Take that. But yeah, no, I, I've always felt like I'd get everything I need. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. But, I-, I mean, if you look at the, the, you might, it's surprising that people don't ask that to the everyday American, like, how are you getting the nutrients you need? Because oh. you have oh, they need to be asked that. Of like McDonald's and you know steak and like steak and potatoes and just like crap all the time. No, mm. no breakfast, just coffee, a donut. You know, it's like mm. well, you're not even vegan, but you need to worry about your nutrients. You know? So. Yeah. Well, no, I I I worry about people's breakfast because I think in America what we do I I love how we're going on we're going into a nutrition rant right now. Yeah, uh, yeah right. <laughs> I I think what I think we've decided in America that breakfast is like dessert time. So we'll eat yeah, cereal yeah. and we'll eat pancakes, pancakes and yeah. just just a whole bunch of grease and then we go to, you know, the, I I went to IHOP a while. I think it was one of those restaurants, IHOP-esque restaurant. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't eat food like that very often. It was an IHOP. It was in Moab, Utah, but I won't say the name cuz I don't want them to fail as a business. <laughs> they were nice people, you know. But uh the I the food came out and I ate it and afterwards I felt like I was dying. Yeah. And this is but so many people eat that every day. Every day. Every day. And when you get to a place where you spend enough, you you have spent enough time not taking in a lot of sugar and a lot of carbs, and I'm, I'm I certainly have work to do, but I think I do better than a lot of people. And whenever I you go back to that thing after I don't know what five six months of not having it, and then you have it, your body goes no no. <laughs> bad don't seriously don't. Yeah. yeah so well i think it's i mean it, that's why i think it, it's like it's still pertinent to like what 
you know, it's a nutritional rant, I guess, but it still ties into your creativity because how, how useful are you if you have no energy, if you can't piece your thoughts together because you're so like, you have the itis, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, as your like creative, your creative energy needs to come from a place of like physical and mental clarity. And when you're not, you're not feeding yourself, you you're not feeding yourself the right things to have energy throughout the day that you yeah. need, that you need. And, and that's a, I mean, that's a big thing. Like I think you'll hear stories of people who change their diet dramatically and go, Oh, I don't have to, you know, take a nap in the middle of the day. Oh, I don't like when, I don't know, the middle of the day comes around. I don't have to feel like I'm dying for an hour. Right. I don't have to drink four cups of coffee to make it through the day. Right. Right. Even though I do love a good iced coffee. Not yet. Not knocking the coffee. But so, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, yeah, well, I think coffee is what keeps me from like destroying my life with other uh, addictions. I'll take coffee all day long. Um, Very mild. So yeah, I think that that for me, what I'm what I'm learning, and this is actually in development for me right now, but I've been thinking about it today. I've been thinking about it a little bit, and a lot of times when you do, when things develop in your brain and you start to learn things that you want to do more of and directions you want to take with your life, it's sort of this really slow process, and then all of a sudden there it comes to a point, and then you go, oh, I want to I want to do that because of this, and it all makes sense now. But there's this haze of nonsense for a long time and you just have a feeling so i'm trying to do better with with my diet overall and i started to realize like when i can feel like i have dominance over what i'm eating on a daily basis it makes me feel like it's just like making your bed in the morning it makes you have dominance over the other areas of your life right sort of automatically and it, it gives you drive to pursue. So it's not just about kind of grinding through eating something that doesn't taste good to you so that you can know you, you, you won't die um, 10 years from now. It's, it's a way to take control of every piece of your life very intentionally. Do you feel that way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, because you can, you can control like – going to sleep on time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, stretching, doing some yoga. Mm-hmm. Eating. Like these are all decisions that we either do or don't do on a daily basis. So it's like you have the power to do them all. So just like improve your quality of life. Mm-hmm. It's free. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it all goes together and gives you creative energy, makes you feel more in yeah. control. Um, cool. So, so I am, we haven't dug, we've dug a little bit into the bike thing, um, but I am curious, what does this look like on a daily basis for you when you get up and leave the house and ride your bike? I, I guess you go onto a train. No, do you still go onto a train? Yeah. No, no, I, I ride because I live in Queens now, thankfully, so I yeah. can ride to the city because before I lived in Jersey, I had to take a train. You said um, that people did not, were not fans of you having the bike on the train. Mm-mm. Yeah, they looking at me, one person with the bicycle, as if it's my fault that the train is crowded. <laughs> not maybe it's not the fact that they don't run enough trains and everyone's trying to take the train at the same time. But uh, yeah, that was fun. That was, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I much prefer it to be like 
riding to work. Uh, yeah, so I'd basically get up and um, drink some water, eat a banana, um, grab my bike, make sure everything's good, get the music going. That's make sure the wheels important... are on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make sure the pedals are there, mm -hmm. <laughs> the chain, you know. Uh, yeah, and then I just ride. It's really nice. It's a good way to wake up. Mm -hmm. Really good way so to wake up. So when you're going to take places to places to me that I'm mm. completely f confused about how this works. So <clears throat> do you, are you, do you work for a somebody who gives you the packages? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have your dispatcher. Okay. So, dispatcher. Yeah. It, it's kind of like your boss, but not really. They, they, they're just relaying the message of like, you're picking up this from here, you're taking it there. Okay. And you're going here. You, you know what I mean? That's the only thing. It's like the only thing that they can tell me is where to be at what time okay so you you but go no one can tell you what to do like you know mm -hmm. so. so you go to point a and take the thing to point b and then you're on to your next one yeah how uh... or, or sometimes it's like you go to point a you take like 10 things and then you go to point b c d e you know okay okay and, and then so... you go to do you have to figure out uh is there a lot of efficiency thinking involved in this yes routing is huge that's that's why um alley cats are that's where they come from because like i don't know if you know what an alley cat is but it's like a simulated messenger race okay and so basically like a bunch of messengers get together on a saturday or a sunday to do the things that they usually do throughout the week but without getting paid <laughs> all right good <laughs> plan yeah uh that's how much we love our job we just do it on the weekend for free um <laughs> but yeah so it's uh basically like the race is not just like racing against racing for speed who's the fastest it's who has the best routing so you get your manifest and you have these instead of like picking up a package and whatever it's your checkpoint so this is your checkpoint you go there someone signs your manifest you go to the next one and you can usually do usually it's any order like you know because that's when you your dispatcher doesn't tell you go here first and then go there and then go there they just say you need to get all of these done by this time so mm -hmm. you have to figure it out and it really just comes down to knowing the city i mean thankfully manhattan's a grid so mm -hmm. right right you know. right the longer you do it the easier it gets but you just have to be just efficient yeah mm -hmm. uh is there a lot of physicality involved in it do you have to stay pretty fit or do you automatically stay pretty fit yeah i think it's just a function of of the job like even like sometimes you're delivering to like someone's house so you got to walk up like five flights of stairs in a in a walk-up apartment you know <laughs> it's not it's not like a guaranteed elevator service um but yeah like i mean it, it's grueling like you could you have to be ready to be doing as like any number of miles per day and also like sometimes you'll like they say it's a 10 pound box, but it's actually a 30 pound box, <laughs> mm. you know, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I think it's just a function of, of the job. It just makes you fit. Like, but also I feel like sometimes it's, it's, it's like tailored to the bike. Like, I feel like if I went for a jog, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, which is, which is like, I, I have, I'm always thinking about that. I'm like, I got to do other stuff. Like I went hiking on the weekend because I was like, I need to cross train you know <laughs> do, you, do you ever just get the urge to ride your bike around the house to the kitchen and because like, that'd be easier <laughs> that be right good. yeah it would be 
Yeah. You should just, it, your house, you should create a house that is you a bike, bike house. <laughs> it's the whole house is designed to be biked around. Right. And you can, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Like everything would be like a little pod separated by like a big hallway. So you could like sprint really fast over here. And yeah, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Big bike lane obstacles you have to avoid for fun, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is great. This is good. Little ramps. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, uh, how many packages do you deliver on a normal day, roughly? I know it's probably changes. Um, yeah, it changes, but for the average messenger, I'd say like thirty. Okay, and that yeah. that takes you how long? That's with that's within like an eight eight to nine hour workday. Okay, okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. And so you just. Some days you like honestly. Some some days you do like you feel like you did you like did like six jobs because you had one all the way in like Queens, then you had to go to Brooklyn, and then like you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. but they're obviously higher paying. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, like with anything, there is a community, and I've been able to access some of that watching your videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you describe the bicycling or a bicycle messenger beyond community? Oh my gosh. So chaotic. Um, (laughs) Chaotic, okay. It's just like a big playground. Um, I mean, when you get a bunch of people together that like, that are like, that experience a lot of freedom in their day-to-day life, like they ride a bike, you know, it's just, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. For me, sometimes like, sometimes I'm a bit of a lone wolf, you know, Um, I like going to the events. I like, um, feel like getting together, like doing rides and whatever, but there is a lot of like, there's a lot of drinking there's a lot you know so i'm i'm not really a drinker so i'm not always like into that um but yeah i think it for me the sense of community is less about like the social life part of it and more about like the little like nod you get when you pass another messenger messenger in the street Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the very like there's just a sense of like camaraderie yeah yeah the camaraderie it's huge Mm -hmm huge and yeah you could spend the whole day alone but you don't feel so alone Mm -hmm. because yeah i I remember when we spoke at the uh event the the uh oh crap what was it it was the pop-up shop the Mm pop-up you i believe you described yourself as a bit of an introvert right yes yeah for sure so it's it's funny because you're very you're very uh outgoing and friendly open feeling person I think that your introversion actually adds a lot of warmth to your personality. Uh, but how does that, well, so did you pick being a bike messenger partly because of that? Is it less social yeah, interaction? It, it definitely appealed to me a lot. That part of it of just being like, just put, I just get to put my head down and work, you know, mm. and be with myself. And also, cause yeah, I am, a really like sensitive person and I have a lot of emotions. <laughs> so I need a lot of like alone time to sort through them. Or if I have things I'm thinking about or want to analyze something, it's like a gift to be able to, to spend time doing that because um, yeah, the, those kind of jobs where like catering or serving or whatever side jobs I did, you're constantly like people, 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 mm-hmm. conversation. And so it, so draining and then it's like there's no room left for yourself and your own thoughts and yeah so that right i just knew right away that it would fit me for sure Mm. yeah i uh Mm. 
Starbucks working at Starbucks took so much out of me. So much. I and, couldn't do it. Yeah, and and whenever I there would be times where I needed to go pick up something from another store. And so they'd be like, "Okay, you know, we'll track your miles. Go up, go out mm. to the other store, pick up the straws, come back." And whenever that happened, I was secretly in the background like, "Please send me." And yeah. whenever I left, it was the best part of my day just driving in silence. It was like nice. Right. Oh, Oh, it's amazing. So as and, yeah. I think I think there's half of the population that can resonate with that and go, yes, that's the greatest thing. And then half of them go, uh, no, I like I like people. And I I am very depressed when I don't have people around all the time. Hmm. And uh, so it's an interesting it's an interesting well, art trying to learn how to navigate that. Yeah. As an introverted type. Well, that's why YouTube works so well because you spend a lot of time around people, you know, filming and shooting to go into your little cave and edit it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like a nice little reward. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. and for me, what's important is that I get to choose when I have my social interactions, not that it's thrust upon me by my job every single day. Exactly. It's exactly. like I want my social interactions to be intentional and th and thought now the problem the downfall with this is that i'm i can spend eight days in my apartment not talk to anybody and <laughs> at, at the end of that i'm going i f i feel really bad but really i bad. won't leave yeah. the house because it's so much effort you know i'm like it's i, I should probably really? talk to somebody yeah like you have to like walk through the portal to the outside world and sometimes it's just like it's it just feels like so heavy right <laughs> right and then it's like what will happen to me is i'll i'll stay in the house for a few days then i'll go try to order a cup of coffee and realize i haven't said anything for you have no voice for, and then like you go to talk and you're like grande guys god it's like it's bad <laughs> that's exactly what it feels like yeah it's um, it feels mechanical and and yeah. strenuous and so this is why these conversations are really nice for me because it sure because you don't even have to leave your house yeah well it's conversations i'm really interested in because i like to have conversations about uh, things that go below the surface and so, yeah sort of philosophical and i i've learned how much i need that i think a lot of introverts need that to be healthy yeah, that's what I always struggle with because I have always found it hard to like belong in a particular group, you know, but when, but like the longing for a group that reflects all of that is so strong, but it's so hard to find. It's like mm -hmm. so hard to find. So I just, sometimes I just withdraw anyway, because I'm like, oh, well, it's, it's too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think the best route for somebody who is an introvert is for one, put like put in the t one of the strengths that people like us have is we think about our social interactions because they mean a lot mm -hmm. to us and yeah. so you're you're naturally going to want to develop yourself to be a good friend and be somebody that somebody would want to be a friend to mm -hmm. which and I, I've always said that if you want to make a friend the best way to do that is to be somebody somebody would want to be a friend to yeah right and Instead of focusing on what's wrong with me, um, making yourself into somebody that somebody would be attracted to and that they would, you know, they would want. Same thing with a, you know, romantic relationship, what have you. Um, mm -hmm. Or you can just bypass all that and get a cat. But I mean, yeah, that's an option. Uh, but 
there's, this always happens in the middle of I forget where I'm going with this. It was good. Uh, oh yeah. So if you're trying to, I think if you're trying as an introvert, if you're trying to build like relationships with people, a good place to start is finding a thing that you're interested in and like investing, figuring out a way to get into that community. Yeah. Which, that's why I like the bike. Cause it forces me to, right, to get out there. Right. Yeah. And, and then it's so easy to find like-minded people at times because it's just already there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you'll like, you'll find weird magical alignments and you'll start to find people that, Oh, you, you also are just as weird as I am. Right. We're, we're both incredibly strange and that's okay. This is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I want to talk a little bit more about your, um, studying acting and being in acting school and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What, what got you interested in it in the first place? Um, I was in school, in middle school, and um, I think I just, I always was, you know, like, when you grow up on a farm, you're, like, bored a lot. So, you're like, you sing in your bedroom, you go out and, like, sing to the horses or, like, you yeah. know. So you can only like, ride the goat so many times. <laughs> yeah. you know so and I was always like making little plays in the backyard and like so yeah I think it just always came naturally and then it was like okay drama club mm-hmm. and the drama kids like were you ever in a drama club I was no I wasn't oh but like I think the they're theater, I think it's a really kids. interesting thing but I've never done it yeah no the theater kids are like I would choose them anytime over like oh man just the best Mm -hmm. like i would go to drama class and we would just like have fun Mm -hmm. like all your other classes are so like strict and whatever but then i'd go to drama class and we just have fun for 90 minutes and it was the best (laughs) like we just laugh and you know it's amazing Mm -hmm. yeah and i found and it was also at the time when i my particular like age would start to get cell phones our parents would give us cell phones Mm -hmm. And then you're like obsessed with it because it's this little thing that's your connection to everything and everyone. And but when I was so I would always be like on it, right? Because texting, texting was like the thing. But then when I was at like a drama rehearsal or like a you know play practice, like I just completely forgot about the phone. You put it away. Yeah, yeah. So so focused and like so and again community. Like it's not just about putting on the play and doing the play well it's about like all the moments you have backstage and the inside jokes and the way you look out for each other and little family that arises Mm -hmm. so yeah it was just like very natural for me to follow that past high school Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um did what one thing i've noticed about people who have spent time in a, a place like a drama class or learning how to act in any capacity is that they learn how to be incredibly expressive Mm -hmm. that you learn how to talk and you learn how to express yourself and what how it comes off and what what that means Mm -hmm. and I love people like that I love people who who know how to articulate and express and communicate and I'm fascinated by that I think you get the same thing from like, I feel like my white balance is freaking out. It's like I'm in some sort of igloo right now. I don't know what's <laughs> happening, but I like it. Why not? I will just pretend I'm in Canada. Okay. Um, so uh, <laughs> you, oh, look, a moose. So uh, you, I think there's like, oh yeah, like an improv class 
is something mm-hmm. where you can you there's no safety net you have to learn how to like put a joke together and how to and like read people and you know and all of these things are incredibly important no matter what you do i think yeah you yeah. gotta be quick thinking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's hard it's really hard you just have to learn how to live outside your comfort zone yeah yeah well i, I think that's a good way to sum up the value of something like that yeah it's learning how to to continually on and and like a, a habitual way put yourself outside of your comfort zone and be okay with that. Yeah, my one of my teachers always said um be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's mm. like that's your mode from now on. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh what's something that you learn from acting school that you use on a daily basis? Oh gosh. Um is it just all intermeshed? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it just becomes like in your cells. Um, just like feeling your feelings, because if you don't, they'll inhibit you from one playing a character, but also like, you know, being present in your life. Mm. Um, gosh, so many things. Um, just letting letting life teach you and not feeling like you have to be doing something all the time in order to succeed mm-hmm. at something or, you know, because we, we spend so many hours and hours in like this class and voice class and movement and this and drilling this and, you know, getting this into our bodies. And and then your teachers at the end, towards the end of the school would be like, all right, just forget everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like let it all go. And mm-hmm. like, you want to work on your acting just go to the park it's so so it's almost like once you learn how to once you learn how to find that within you it was like forget the rules yeah yeah that's very interesting yeah that's what i mean when you see the great actors doing what they do that's what they're doing Mm -hmm. they you know you you have to yeah i think like discipline i learned so much discipline like you have to drill in those technicalities so that they're just like in in your muscle memory, and then that way you just don't think about them. You just let them go. You so yeah. you you articulate it as it being in your body, and I think that's a beautiful way to put it. Oh yeah, acting everything. That's what, like you walk in. Oh, you you never want to walk into a room full of actors like halfway through the class because they'll be like rolling on the floor and like, <laughs> you know like God, they're so weird. How um, did you but, get on the ceiling, Jim? <laughs> I'm just feeling it. <laughs> I'm just feeling the moment. Yeah, I, I'm feeling that I can fly and it's in my body, so I'm actually yeah. flying. I mean, a lot of, we kind of, with school and desks and things, we kind of start to think that we exist here up, mm. you know, like a psych, psychophysical operation and being in tune. A lot of people walk around without being like, in the, the term actors use is like in their body, you mm. know, be in your body. It's very important. Now, know? is that used as opposed to being in your mind? Yeah, like in your head. So yeah. it's like you get you get down, you bring it back down into your body. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching. Oh, have you ever heard of Nerdwriter? YouTube yeah. creator. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I love his videos. I think they're beautiful. They're like the essays. Yeah, beautiful video essays mm-hmm. about things, and he he's wonderfully articulate. But he he did one about um the acting of Jack Nicholson. And, uh, and do you know that? I assume you know who that is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I didn't see that. Okay, okay. Um, so, uh, so he was. The video was specifically about his expressions of anger and how many different mm-hmm. expressions of. I'll send it to you after this. Okay. Uh, how many different expressions of anger he has formulated in himself over the years as an actor through different roles and how it's all expressed from a different, like how it's grounded because anger is never grounded in anger. It's grounded in something else. And anger is the, it's the expression, right? Fear is the expression. And, uh, and so he was saying that he's able to, to create the foundations in all these different places, according to each different role he's playing and what his character is. And that anger is expressed sort of differently in every single one. And, but a lot of it is very, uh, dramatic and extreme like he's you know so anger management is a good mo- a good example of a movie where he was he was literally an anger management coach or whatever you want to call him and there were parts where like he'd throw a plate at the wall and freak out and but he almost seems maniacal but it's very calculated it's very well done and I, I thought it was absolutely fascinating yeah because you have to be uh like I mean not in control but you have to be aware yeah. of the choices you're making. Yeah. yeah. So I, and I, I feel like the reason I say this is because I think about, I, I spend my time studying. And when I say studying, I mean watching for hours and hours on end all day long. People communicate, people who are good storytellers. And I really enjoy that. And I think it's very similar to acting in a lot of ways. And so what you... I think the struggle is to get into your figure out how to get into your body and not be too much in your head while your body's trying to get into your head. But so like be present and be sort of free, but at the same time, be aware of what the heck you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a weird balance that you, you always have to work to strike better. Um, well, I don't, I wouldn't say if it's like better, but like towards the direction of better. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's all if you if you're seeking some sort of end goal, it's going to inhibit you from being like completely open. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just there's a thing that we studied called Alexander, um, the Alexander technique. Ah, a lot of yes, the Alexander yeah. technique. Mm. Yeah, I know. And, I know much yeah. of those teachings. You do. But please carry on so that I can learn more. Because I don't actually know what you're talking about. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> How'd you go in there for a second, though? <laughs> okay. My dad, my dad, the other day, my dad said to my wife, my dad likes to make a lot of dad jokes. And oh, yeah. he said, hey, Christina, did you know that they took the word gullible out of the dictionary? <laughs> she, was like, she was like, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> Why would oh, they do man. that? It's such a useful word. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, okay, so the Alexander Technique. Yeah, just based on like um, the uh, the the alignment of our spine and how it relates to like every single thing that we do. Whoa! And how it starts at like like five years old. Once you put a child in a desk, you start to compress their spine. You know, mm. and um, it's like the the not and there's also like this natural curvature to the spine that we perceive as like this. So then when we do think, oh, okay, I need to sit up, mm. it's just like a board as opposed yeah, to like yeah you're trying to be a two by four yeah yeah so it's focusing on this like sense of like upward motion and like living you know and so it's kind of funny because how you 
position your body in space will affect your mind and your thoughts mm-hmm. and like how okay. yeah like they even they do they do alexander te- like teachings for like ceos of big companies because when they give a presentation they have to be they have to come across in a way that's like they have to command the room and mm-hmm. a lot of times we feel like we are we're scared of ourselves that we might be too powerful so we collapse mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and when you're on a stage you obviously have to like harness everything that you have so mm-hmm. but at the same time you use that to your advantage when you know you're creating a character you're adjusting things as to what a character would be that if you need to be in a certain frame of mind that a character is in you're going to make choices in your body that reflect you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's all yeah, about absolutely. how like the mind and body work together and once you shut off those lines of communication it's like really hard to be an open communicating individual mm-hmm. so yeah it's all about how those work together which is again like bringing it back to like why i choose to use my body for work <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just the body in motion you know yeah yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. i think so what happens is that when your brain your brain tells you i'm confident your body mm-hmm. will naturally express itself as confident yeah. you expo- or even if you adopt the, the the posture like, yeah yeah no that's what i was gonna that's what i was gonna say is it goes back and forth so exactly. it's like yeah. your, your brain will tell you to be confident when you're in a place where you're naturally confident but if you're not naturally confident and you take on a posture of confidence your it will tell your brain that you that to be more confident yeah and so i i learned that and i thought well first off i thought that makes perfect sense because i I have always felt that way, but I heard somebody articulate it and I went, that's, that's, I think that's dead on. I think it's beautiful. And I think that it's an important technique to learn, to be able to open your body up and, uh, and, and project, and also what you project to other people, right? That you project that you are an open and brave person. You're not, you're not screw, you're not a a hermit turtle thing scrunched up. Like, don't hurt me. Like, don't even, I, uh, I, I, like, in a class, I had a teacher, like, that. you sort of, as an actor, you want to get to a space of neutral so mm-hmm. that you can strip it. Because we all have our own, like, individual habits and, like, uh, little ticks that you have to identify exactly what they are so that you can strip them away. Mm-hmm. Place something else on that fits your character or whatever you're doing. So, um, yeah, we'd all, that was a big thing in acting school is, like, identifying what those are. And yeah, I found that I, cause again, like we were saying, I'm a very patient sort of pleasant person, but sometimes that has like led me astray mm-hmm. in life and sort of just dealing with people that think that I'm weak or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe not and, assertive um, and that you're agreeable, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's just that I'll put up with anything, which sometimes I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had to learn, you know, when to say no, you know? Mm-hmm. So like she identified for me as a very particular, like, um, you know, just like a tilt of the head. And she's like, you know, we see it. It's common in young women where it's sort of like exposing your jugular. She's mm-hmm. like, it's like, you know, don't hurt me. Like I'm vulnerable, you know? Okay. And I, it's so funny. Cause I even, when I have the GoPro on my head, if I'm riding the bike, like I'll, the footage later will be like, <laughs> sideways. Tilt, tilt yeah. <laughs> so I have to be very conscious of like where I'm placing my head because I have that, just that habitual, you know, just a little tilt mm-hmm. just to be like, oh, I'm not, 
I'm not a, you know, as opposed to if I come at someone straight on, it's obviously going to be more assertive, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just yeah. little things that you learn about yourself through acting that are really valuable. I also learned that when, um, when you're talking to somebody, I do this. I, what's hard is actually working this into your daily routines mm-hmm. of, of life. Yeah, there's some things that you really have to sort of think about it. Normally, when you think about it, it doesn't work. It's like you're you're trying to think your way into doing it over and over. So you have to find a sort of a pathway to get yourself to do it correctly. But I do this all the time. I've learned that that if you want to present yourself as a more friendly and open person, we we can talk to people like this and we can do sort of this number. Mm-hmm. And what I'm for anybody who's listening in audio, I'm sort of like I have my hands, my palms pointing down. It's sort of like a pointing thing. It's it's, uh, if I'm expressing something, I'm, you know, and what you can do is you can flip your hands over and you expose your palms. Right. And when people, <laughs> we're both hold, holding up our palms extremely I mean, often. Like, Could you imagine having a conversation like this? <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, that's, that's, um, that's so funny because I had, we had a, the director of the Royal Shakespeare Theater Company, Royal Shakespeare Company in London actually came and gave a masterclass and he was like, because this is a default thing that actors do when they, they are trying to convey a sense of like dominance or, you know, fight in a scene, but they don't, haven't quite gotten it yet. So this, com- this comes up. And they he's put like, their hands up. Their palms. He's like, I call, I call this the old scones. Like, has any, does anyone want some old scones? <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, gosh. But, but you're not offering scones. You're trying to get your point across. So like, yeah. you know, yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it does give a sense of like whole, a little more wholesome sort of like giving mm-hmm. nature than if you're, yeah. When it's a, it's a subconscious, like even if the person's not engaging with that consciously, like in a conversation, say you're at a coffee shop or whatever, yeah. uh, it's a, it's a subconscious gesture that their brain responds to of you exposing your palms to them so I talk a lot with my hands and what I try to do and what I feel like I do is a lot of this where I'm my you know Mm. I'm sort of I'm sort of dishing it out almost with my hands but my my palms are up now sometimes I'll I'll kind of put them down too and then I think about it well the point is that you think about it and go okay why what should my hands be doing right now because sometimes it's a good it's a good idea to flip them over, like especially if you're acting and you're you know you're trying to be assertive and whatever that you know you need to be aware of that. But all of those things play in sub. Another thing that I learned is that when if you mirror people, and I've only mm. I I this one takes so much thought for me that it's really hard to do. But if when you're talking to people, what you naturally do is you will mirror their motions. So mm-hmm. if you if you go to the idea is that if you go to a uh, a bar or something and you watch two people interact and maybe they are they're you know trying to end up being a romantic partner or maybe they're just friends or whatever when you watch them interact that their their motion their body motions will mirror each other so like one crosses a leg, the other crosses a leg. One puts um, their hand up on their 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 uh, face. The other one will do the same thing, sort of naturally. And what the the idea is that what you can do is do this intentionally in an attempt to establish uh, like rapport with people and friendship. Um, that if you do this, they will subconsciously respond to that and go, "This is this person's all right." And it also works with your voice. 
where mm. if a person's like in New York, you get a lot more, you know, assertive people and people who are who are willing to say things uh, pretty bluntly, and <laughs> and and you know, just in a lot most urban environments. And so if you project that back to them, they'll go, all right, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if and if but if you do the opposite, they're like, oh, this guy's like a you know weak little person that I could break or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if if the person is more calm and agreeable and kind of like relaxed and uh, you know I guess patient was the word you use, just kind of you know just very. I'm not. I'm just trying to have a nice little coffee in a conversation. If you come down to their level and be with them on that we do this naturally but if you do it intentionally it's a good way to get somebody to be like oh this person's all right 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 so i thought that was pretty neat but i think it's so cool that as an actor you i mean you really have to be aware of all that stuff you do you definitely do yeah um so what were some of the what were some of the challenges you had to overcome on a sort of a deep level in acting and acting school um i'm really dark now by the way i hope that's okay that's quite all right your face is lit um, well it looks good okay it looks like we're going if if you want to go to like a a deeper emotional place now the light lighting would reflect it well um i think the hardest thing is just like it's just the 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 inevitable um disappointment that comes with having to face the industry <laughs> mm. and uh, something that is you study for so many years is such a beautiful art. And then you realize that it's not sustainable to approach it the same way, but also attempt to have a career. You know, it's just like, there's a lot of, it's so hard. It's so competitive yeah. and the and industry it- is so cutthroat and yeah, it's just like, not fun to be like oh like acting makes me feel so alive and I learned so many things in school it was so beautiful and then you come out and think that it's going to carry on mm. into your pursuit for, as uh, into a career and it doesn't you know for some people it does you know if you have like the money for it or the parents the connections you know mm. but mm. it's just it's it's uh it's kind of heartbreaking you know but the nice thing is you can be an actor at any age <laughs> But I always tell myself. So. <laughs> uh, well, and I think every ind- like every creative industry tends to be that way, where it's like there's a clear division. There's a giant yeah. Berlin Wall between <laughs> the art and the the pure just enjoyment and bliss that you get from engaging in the art form in the way that that means something to you, where you feel like you're doing something meaningful, and you mm-hmm. you feel like you're alive. You've, you're, you find yourself in these like these flow states where you just everything goes away and you're just having a really good time and you put your phone down right yeah and uh, there's a there's a, a wall between that and the business of of getting well the business of becoming that in a bigger sense and also the 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 ability to get to the place where you can actually, where you can do that on stage in a more substantial way or, or in a movie in a more substantial mm. way, you have to go through all this nonsense to get there. And I think that's like in video, like in um, freelance video world and photography is very yeah. simple. There, there's, there's like, you know, what, five types of photography that 
do really well and a couple of them that do really really well and the thing with photographers that they struggle with is that you you really and you end up picking no matter what type of photography you're in you end up picking from like three or four types to make your money right and you know it's wedding or food or product or whatever but like for me, I don't fit into that, and luckily I have no intentions of trying to fit into that because I'm into street photography. I'm into wandering around the streets and taking photos of interesting people and having yeah. sort of no rules around that. And it's like so you have to. It's like you have to find a way to do both of those. Find a way to make the 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 business side of something work, something that you can where you actually enjoy it in a certain way. And do that alongside the pure art form. Like the, the both have to happen simultaneously or mm-hmm. else something will go horribly wrong. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of today's young actors go towards like making their own work, you know, doing short films, doing little web series or whatever, because yeah, you have to. Yeah. You have to. You have to give yourself something. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, so do, what's your, like, what would be a dream for you in the acting world? Ooh, um, I like this one. You lit up on that one. Yeah, no, basically like riding a bike. (laughs) Um, Riding a bike in a movie? Do you know the the skateboard girls from New York City called the Skate Kitchen? It's like these group of skateboarders. No, Um, I know of some some New York City skateboarders that are girls, maybe one or two. Do you know Rochelle? Rochelle Vinberg. I've probably she's seen. In, I've probably seen her at this point. She's been in Brett's videos because he sponsors her through okay. his company. Um, and I feel like I think I think I, think I know who you're talking about. She yeah. She wear she like to wear like um like more, more baggy clothes and like glasses. Yeah yeah. yeah I know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So she is actually like she's gonna be an actress. Like she's she's on like a really good path. Yeah. And. Because this director, actually the director of um, Wolfpack, have you ever seen it? Her name was Crystal Mosdell. Okay. Um, met a bunch of these skater girls. I think it was like she met them on the subway or something. And she was like, who are you? Because it's like just this like herd of 10 girls with skateboards, and <laughs> colorful clothing and really cool hair and just like so well expressed. But they're all like 16 and like, mm. so it's like between 16 and 20, you know? And, uh, yeah, so she made a movie and it just like exploded. Wow. And yeah, like I hope all their careers take off and they get to do everything they want to do. But, but basically I I think it would be so cool for me to have that sort of like introductory role and to have it centered around the bike, you know, Mm -hmm. like, cause that film is all about skateboarding and I feel like we can get one about cycling, urban cycling, you know? Um, but yeah, I, that would be really cool for me to be able to blow it's sort of like I always feel like I'm excited for like I, I feel like the the really good meaty roles are for like when 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 you're like a middle-aged woman like mm-hmm. playing like the mom or like the, the teacher or the the businesswoman or the you know like mm-hmm. the those really gritty roles mm-hmm. I, at my age range, they're they're so, they're so awful. Like, well, I, I, I can know. I can imagine it's a weird weird industry for for yeah. young women acting. Yeah, and I just 
I don't really fit into a lot of the roles um, or it's just like there's no there's no substance there, you know. And so, um, yeah, I would really like to be able to like just use my uh, my action, you know, adventure, my sense of action and adventure, those kind of roles while I'm young and then probably, you know, get in like, I, and I, I, you know, on the stage and things, but like in Shakespeare and. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of like dream roles that I have, but you know who knows? You can never really decide uh, where you're gonna go. But mm-hmm. yeah. I I hope that you end up in a, in a movie that does well, and hopefully it ends up um, winning an award at the Sundance Film Festival, so that you can come to Utah and see us. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, I'm, we're trying to get you over here so you can ride up one of these canyons want, and be like these freaking mad people who decide to ride up an entire canyon. I want to do that. It's, it's well, amazing. I can imagine Down's fun. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, it's really cool. You'll love it because it's, it's beautiful. So anytime you want to come here. Yeah, I look forward to it. It's so beautiful there. I've never been to Utah. so People don't. I, I think people don't. I think people don't know what Salt Lake City is because mm. I think that they, they've never really seen what it looks like. So, okay, most of Utah is nothing, right? And it's beautiful landscapes. You go down to the south part, you get the deserts. And Moab is one of my favorite places in the world, just like red rock, like 900-foot tall cliffs and stuff. Wow. And then, but the Salt Lake Valley, where, where I live, you have Salt Lake City, and then of course you have the Salt Lake. Is very developed. It's like a it's like a medium sized city, and it's like okay. a really nice place. Um, it's there are a lot of people here, but it's not too much that the traffic's ridiculous. That uh, you can actually park downtown. I've learned that West Coast cities, in general, are just better than East Coast cities, with the exception of New York, because New York's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But like. Like Atlanta is like a dumpster fire, uh, but the, uh, here it's just like it's so it's so open. It feels so nice. The air feels great. Yeah, I remember uh, there there was one video where you guys were playing in the snow, like, and there were a bunch of houses and like people people's houses and community, and then like all of a sudden, just like a bunch of snow, just like a bunch of area. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, nothingness. Yeah. You can just go play there. Like, right. So cool. Right. And I live like, I live about 15 minutes, 10 minutes from a Canyon, like the mouth of a Canyon. Wow. You could just like, just take a scroll up there and wander around and yeah. But, but I think people like get scared away because I think when people think of Utah, they're like, Oh, Utah, it's like Wyoming or something. There's nothing (laughs) there. But, this part is developed. It's it's a really yeah. nice little city. Right. Um, anyway, awesome. I'm trying oh, wow. to convince all of my friends to come here. I I will probably come and not want to leave. I'll just probably ride my bike every day up the mountain and like That's okay too. Happy, just so content. I don't know if there's a lot of bike messenger jobs, maybe downtown. Probably. Yeah. But if there isn't, you can always make one, you know. There's like I always see like the it- if you have no messengers and you're the one messenger, you're going to get all the work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're killing it. Millions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Millions so. of dollars. I always see, I think there are though. I always see people riding around on bikes that look like they're carrying a package. And then of course you see like the Jimmy John's people riding around. Right. Right. Their right. Stuff. 
Um, so it's, you know, it's here a little bit and maybe you can yeah. take it to a whole nother level. You can just change the bike messenger industry for Utah. That'd be awesome. Okay. So, um, what, um, the last thing I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. is what do you hope somebody takes away from watching one of your videos or just interacting with you? Um, I think just being able to relate to me on a personal level and knowing that they, as they themselves, as they are, is awesome. Like that they don't have to, that I'm not something like above them or more this or more that than them, that all of the qualities I have reflect onto them and they have them too and they have the capability to do whatever they want and that they're just awesome Mm -hmm. you know because that's the only thing that like you know I I try to to be the person like for myself that I would want to be for other people you know like in terms of how I like treat myself and talk to myself and Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes it's hard it's weird like it's so easy for me to support other people and encourage them but sometimes it's hard to do it to ourselves Mm -hmm. um but I I think that like knowing that we all struggle with that and just being open and with what this is a really long-winded answer but I guess just to convey a sense of like humanity Mm -hmm. and and for them to be able to like receive it and acknowledge it and and feel empowered in, in themselves in that too. It's just important to me, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, what I will say that you do well is you 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 make people who watch you want to... Be, so you make them want to not worry so much about... Like, be a bit more carefree. Yeah. I think you, yeah. I think you certainly present that well. And I think that... And I'll give you a very specific example of this. When you were, there was a video you did recently where you were making coffee and you were saying that you normally make tea and you were trying to make some sort of latte or some coffee contraption. Mm -hmm. And there was a point where you were just like, you're, you're, you know, you're explaining what you're doing. And then you're like, uh, and then you try to refer to. I think an espresso machine is what you were trying to like come up with a word for. And then you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know, coffee machine, latte machine, whatever. And then you just moved on. <laughs> and so there's this like carefree, it's like, I don't care if I got it right. It doesn't really matter that much. There's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really nice because in our heads, we get so caught up in trying to do the thing, the ideal way and perfectionism. Right. And to hear somebody just sort of feel comfortable about, expressing themselves and Mm -hmm. it's it's something that we don't think about on a daily basis because we just kind of we kind of do life yeah but that is so incredibly powerful and i think you do that well thank you you bet you bet um okay very good i think it's a good place to wrap up i will link below to your things i would love to hear your thoughts everybody thank you again kelsey Thank you so much. I feel it was a very invigorating chat. It was nice for me to like revisit and rehash all the things that I've learned along the way. Excellent. I'm glad. Yeah, and, learn, and learn some new things from you as well. I'm glad that I provided you such an opportunity. Okay. Uh, have a lovely day, everyone. Thank you so much. Goodbye.